0: Welcome everyone to episode 132 of the Metabilis 2 podcast, which features myself, Ben and David and some new series news this week. New series news at last. (laughs) We've been watching the space. (laughs) We were going to a podcast that was about watching space. (laughs) <laughs> um, we thought about like, oh no, episodes that have space in the title. Mm. We'll just do those. Um, but luckily, 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 BBC in the Chib came through sort of just in time, <laughs> just in time with some juicy nuggets. Mm hmm. Juicy Who Nuggets. Sorry, I've been watching um, some food, uh, food stuff on <laughs> on, um, on on YouTube. So I'm in a I'm in a food mood. Um, we should
1: do the John Pertwee cookbook.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I just watched my. Um, so I, unlike you, I think David, I still get a physical copy of Doctor Who magazine. So um, just the other day, I finally got my fortieth anniversary issue, which comes Ooh. with a free DVD.
1: And how's the content on that?
0: Well, it's all excerpts from the Blu-rays, so oh, okay. it's, there's, there's nothing new there. It's mm-hmm. just all like what you kind of might expect. Well, mm-hmm. it's nothing new, but <laughs> they had some outtakes. They had a couple of recipes, uh, Janet and um, Sarah cooking stuff with Toby Haddock. Okay. Well, Janet and Sarah cooking uh, something, something rather, some kind of revolting Kipper-based dish. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Did Toby have to eat it? Uh, well, well, it was supposed to be marinated in the fridge for like a couple of days or something, mm-hmm. but they decided they didn't have time to do that, so they just <laughs> ate it. So it was like uh, raw kippers and onions, uh, um, uh. and I can't remember whose whose dish that was. Wait a second, give me, I'll, I'll find the DVD. Give me a second. she doesn't have it on there um (laughs) it's not on the sleeve but the other recipe was like dalek soup with croutons which is like a pat Trouton recipe okay and that and that was that was with did you say
1: dalek soup with croutons with
0: croutons yes which of course was pat's uh uh, uh, dr Uh Who way of describing croutons um and um they're called croutons here right yes yeah okay good i always get like "Ah, bread. yeah yeah bits of bread um uh, and that, that was with Fraser, so that was kind of amusing. And that I think, I think, I think Fraser and and Toby enjoyed that one, but Sarah and Janet did not enjoy the raw kippers.
1: And I wonder why not.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, the recipe says leave these for a bit so that they get mm-hmm. to taste good, and mm-hmm. you just eat them. I mean, kippers are kind of cooked already, to be honest. You know what a kipper is, right? Yeah,
1: it's a kind of a fish, marinated fish in its own juices. Yeah, it's a smoked fish. It's yeah,
0: okay. like a, it's like a, it's sort like smoked herring, basically. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Or it's mackerel. a breakfast no, it's, food, isn't it? Oh, yeah, totally a breakfast yeah. food. Yes, yeah, smoke me, Kipper, I'll be back for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing a bit of red dwarf call back there. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a delicious food. I find them, they're really hard to get hold of here in the States, probably because the USDA, you know, require them to be, you know, heat treated up to 10,000 degrees or something like <laughs> most foods.
1: Just destroy them.
0: But they are, they're an excellent <laughs> breakfast fish dish uh, from the north of England. Uh, Whitby is the place where you, the best place to get Kippers. Hmm. Kippers and Dracula are the two things that come from Whitby. <laughs> um, coincidence so, perhaps? A coincidence, who knows, <laughs> who knows. Anyway, yeah, so that's that's why I'm in, I'm in a food in a food mood. Yeah. Um, Okay, so new series news, what do you want to start with? Children in Need, I think. Children in Need. So I think um, we were all agog in the in the Who 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 fandom or whatever we are, that there would be like, oh, there'd be a trailer. Right. Or there'd be like, oh, there'd be like a monster will come out. Mm-hmm. A new monster. And nothing like that happened, of course, at all. It was just a very, very sweet Mm -hmm. girl um, who really liked Doctor Who, Anastasia.
1: Anastasia, uh, her charity that uh, Children in Need was sponsoring was the Hackney Shed, which is a a youth drama organization, youth drama club. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Anastasia sounds like she had some mental health challenges. And this uh, Hackney Shed really helped her out, build a lot of self confidence, kind of brought her back to her old self. And she's uh, Jodie Whittaker's perhaps biggest fan as the Doctor. And it was very sweet, very touching, very endearing. And she was just overwhelmed by it all.
0: Over the moon.
1: Yeah. This is seared into her psyche forever. This is a really positive event, I think, that happened for her. It's just heartwarming. It was just... It made... Myself, an old, old Doctor Who fan, just kind of go yeah, it's still appealing yeah. to the kids it's really nice to see, and it was a reminder uh for me, it was you know this show really isn't geared towards the fifty somethings
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's and I mean just to just to you know riff on that a little bit, I mean there was the usual mingmongery on on twitter mm. i mean now i'm now i'm on twitter, It's like, <laughs> oh jeez, really. Uh, ugh. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, the Mimong's were out in force in some ways. Yeah. But I think the conclusion of the good people on Twitter, which is shared <laughs> by you and and by myself, is that, yeah, you know, this is... Uh, I, I, okay, so this is what I think about it. So I've, as I think I've said before on this podcast, that one of the things I find fascinating about Doctor Who in general and why it's still it is still a rewarding activity, a rewarding hobby for me, Mm -hmm. is that it is this extraordinary core sample of British culture and, like, in some ways, increasingly, you know, international culture from, you know, 1963 to 2020, which is, you know, 57 years. And, um, you know, the more the the show changes, the more it stays the same, the more it... The more it appears different to me, the more it is similar to people who aren't me, mm-hmm. and it reflects, you know, our times, and it reflects the kind of, you know, mores of the different times in which it exists. Which, of course, is again incredibly appropriate for a show that is ostensibly about time travel. You know, the show Change. travels yeah. in time. All it's 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 a continually it's a it's a time traveling show, mm-hmm. um, literally speaking. And it it is clear, you know, that the joys that I get from it are. Primarily to do with uh nostalgia in some <laughs> ways and even nostalgia of two thousand five now, which is you know fifteen oh, years ago yeah. and i really sh- i'm not really in a in a very very authoritative position to say like it sucks now, even if i may f- even if I think that, and I don't think that that much mm-hmm. really because it's not for me it's for it's for people who are younger than me right. and i you know and and the the joy that i get from it is is should be and is in some way accidental right
1: i think yeah. the joy it's it's harder that we have adult children too that have moved on from who for yeah. uh, well my son hasn't but for the most part uh if you can't watch it through an eight nine ten year old's eyes it's harder to find you know you start looking at it more critically as if it's a adult drama if you don't have that family drama or that children prism to kind of refocus it through
0: yeah yeah and I think um you know kids are unabashedly in some ways you know accepting of uh the rough edges of any kind of <laughs> televised drama i mean one i I can't remember whether I ever shared this. I don't know where that photograph is now, but I'm one of my favourite memories of my kids when they were nine and seven, or ten and seven, or something. Mm-hmm. Is they sat down and watched all of the Keys of Mariner's, right. um, and I have this amazing picture of them both, kind of gripped, utterly gripped yeah. in terror and an amazement with watching the Keys of Mariner's, mm-hmm. and you know, and the Keys of Mariner's. It's in black and white. It's from like you know fifty years ago. Yeah. It's really not it's really not that good. <laughs> it's not it's contemporary some, television, means. It's by not any contemporary sake. in any way. It's got some men stomping around in kind of rubber <laughs> diving suits, scuba outfits. Um, you know, it's got a brain in a jar well more than one, but several mm-hmm. brains in several jars. Brains and morphine. Uh, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's got someone who was actually in a, um, in Orson Welles' adaptation of War of the Worlds. <laughs> Which we 19- learned last week. <laughs> 1939. And, but they were absolutely gripped by it. So, like, you know, kids kids get it. You know, kids are able to strip back, you know, the the uh, willing suspension of disbelief, etc., etc., etc. I mean, that's not to say that I have my problems with Series 11 mm-hmm. and I'm expecting those problems to be roundly addressed in Series 12. Um uh, but there you go mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah I think Anastasia's experience is really positive in that you know she's a who fan she's looks ho- looks forward to watching it every day so I imagine that Jody Whitaker is probably on a pretty continuous loop on home, right. home television so right uh, f- for my experience with series 11 I've only watched <laughs> each episode once maybe twice before we talked about it on the podcast but yeah. Anastasia has the same type of engagement with Series 11 that I have, say, with Season 12 or Season 13. It's very, right. uh, you know, early Tom Baker was on a continual loop for me, and I sometimes see, or sometimes have a hard time seeing beyond uh, my childhood recollections of it and looking at it more critically. And I think the same uh, childlike love of Jodie Whittaker and her time is... Th- the doctor in series 11 really came forward in just how agog Anastasia was uh, with the whole <laughs> with the whole setup and i mean she was overwhelmed i think to be on stage and then roll, yeah. roll out uh, Jody Whittaker and Mandeep Gill and Tosin Cole
0: uh, yeah. wow <laughs> and it is i think it is good that there is this, there's like some corner of the media sphere and you know who knows how long the bbc will be able to continue in its current form um, depending on the outcome of the next election etc etc where you know shows are being made for kids yeah or at least are being uh, oriented mainly towards kids inclusive i mean i was just thinking about that with reference because i watched that amazing you know the the terry nation army um, a uh, uh, DVD channel continues to kind of just blow my mind in terms of res- research those guys do. But oh, I did that sh- on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube. Um, but that they did that short episode on the Mandalorian, which of course I don't have Disney Plus, so I and I actually don't really like Star Wars that much, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to have Disney And even if I did, I probably wouldn't be watching that show. But anyway, there's guns from uh, Death to the Daleks on on the Mandalorian, which like wow, that's some sharp eyes there. And I was thinking, well, that's a show, you know, it's on Disney, but it's it's actually it's geared towards mainly like adults who are basically still children. If you see what I mean, (laughs) rather than, you know, children who would like to be talked to as if they're adults. And actually, in some ways, it's the second kind of show that I prefer rather than the sort of the whole we all like the same thing because we all have the same cultural level. I find that kind of irritating Mm -hmm. and actually, you know, it shows where they're geared towards children, but I can also enjoy as an adult that I think are maybe the more rewarding experiences. Um, So, yeah. And I was thinking about that as well. I went and saw that new um, Martin Scorsese movie yesterday, the, the Irishman, which is three and a half hours long. And then I was thinking about all that kind of ridiculous argument that has been fomented about Scorsese not enjoying Marvel movies. Well, you know, well, why should he? And actually, (laughs) why should I? Why should I enjoy Marvel movies? Mm. They're really not that rewarding, to Mm -hmm. be honest, Mm -hmm. as an experience. Um sorry Marvel fans of this podcast but really there the, there are far better ways to spend your time in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, uh it's all so, so again just and again of course I didn't watch Children in, Le- in Need live because again why would I? Right. But uh, to just see that little segment was very heartwarming mm-hmm. and you know as much as I would like Yaz to have a character and be written as someone who can do things. Right. Um it was great to see the actor <laughs> herself yeah. um and the doctor and um uh, and the other guy Ryan, um yeah. or Dawson <laughs> <Tosin, or>, Ryan <laughs> uh, whatever whatever he's called. Um he's increasingly getting over his disability. Um to That's acting. Know, it, it, it's acting. There you go. Um, and, and, and interacting with a with a child who mm-hmm. really, 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 really enjoys the show. So yeah. There you go. Yeah. World's biggest fan. World's biggest fan. Yeah. Biggest fan, yeah. Uh, so upset not to see Graham. Um, I hope he's not leaving the show or something. But... Well,
1: I, if you're trying to relate to a ten year old girl,
0: you, you're not going to have the grandpa come on. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That is true. That is true. Though, and he could he could have worn his witch finding hat. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Well, it's already indicative. It's there's a, a crowd of Tardis and you know three yeah. companions is really pushing it.
0: <laughs> already stripping some out. Yeah. Well, honestly, if we they lose, couldn't find anything
1: lo- for him to do. Exactly.
0: <laughs> if we lose honestly, if we lose Graham in season twelve, I'm going to be so angry. Oh, Ooh, smash I will. I will. I'll be on Twitter going like, it's a disgrace.
1: Um, <laughs> well, he's so. our 50-year-old identity figure.
0: Yeah. Without Graham, I've, I've got nothing, basically. <laughs> I've got nothing. I've got nothing to relate to. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I think you're right that who has always strived for that intelligent 10-year-old uh, approach yeah. rather than uh, dumbing down dumb television. An
0: unintelligent 30-year-old. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 50 year old yeah.
1: so the other bit uh, while we were watching the space was <laughs> the <laughs> was the BBC uh, announced the creative staff for series 12 and we we yes. learn uh, 8 writers uh, yes. 5 new and uh, 3 returning and then 4 directors so uh, should I briefly read off who's returning and uh, who's new and <laughs> Can and then we chat can chat about, about each. Yeah, okay. there you go. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. returning uh, is Vinay Patel, who is wrote De- Yep, demons of the Punjab. Ed Himes, who wrote "It Takes You Away." Ooh, It uh, takes me away. Pete McTeague, who uh, oh <laughs> uh, wrote Kerblam. Uh, so those uh, gentlemen Ker-blam are map, returning, right. along with mm-hmm. I assume Chris Chibnall, probably writing.
0: Uh, yeah, at least I, two. I think this. There's been some debate on how many the Chib is writing. It's either five or four.
1: I suspect he's writing only two, to be honest with you. I Uh. think we're going to... Well, we'll go into this, but I think he is... I think series 12 will be only eight or ten episodes long. I think it's going to be even shorter. And then joining uh, Chibnall and the three returning writers are Nita uh, Metlevierre. She's a co-creator of a Netflix series, *The A List*. Max, right. Maxine Eilerton, who is a writer for *Emmerdale*, yep. and C BBC's *Worst Witch*, and then Charlene James, who uh, work at Sky Atlantic's *Discovery of Witches*. Again, another show that I know nothing about. And yeah. then for mm-hmm. directors, we have four four new directors. Uh, first one, Emma Sullivan. Mm-hmm who uh, has a short film and uh, after tomorrow and is a graduate of national film and television school, Nita Manzur, yep. uh, who directed the BBC comedy enterprise and Jamie Magnus stone uh, nominated for a BAFTA for his short film orbit ever after. And Lee Haven Jones, who's uh, a RADA uh, studied at RADA, and it was a director at ITV series The Bay, which I know nothing about. So a lot of new talent, uh, four directors, only four directors, and then we have uh, eight eight writers, it seems like. Or actually seven writers, because we have The Three Returning, Three, new, three new, and Chibnall. So and the chip. I, yep. it's, so if each one took one and Chimnall took two, what is that seven, eight
0: plus two is, no uh, six yeah, six
1: plus two is eight. So is I eight. think Chimno's writing the season opener, season closer, and perhaps maybe that's a Christmas, it? Mm.
0: maybe a Christmas special for for twenty twenty. Hmm, I don't I'm know. Clutching the straws, clutching yeah, the straws. I don't there, know. But... I
1: think we might only get eight eight episodes this. 2020
0: well if it helps sharpen things up a bit then then that would be good um to my in my in my opinion Mm -hmm. um i mean i think you know the days of well you know i don't know i mean i think the days of, of of the bbc certainly being able to fund a continual high level hd cgi heavy uh, sci fi show right not happening basically right not happening right. and if eight is the number that they can afford to do, then you know eight is what they should be doing and if if eight will help kind of sharpen sharpen what's going on and give chib time to properly script edit and you know work on these scripts so that they're as good as they can be, then that's it's got to be a good thing hmm. okay what do you think
1: ah uh... I think it's more indicative of Chibnall not really having an idea what he wants to do with the show. Oh no don't say that. trying to <laughs> trying to shave off corners you know uh, we're we're down from what thirteen episodes of the RTD era down to potentially eight episodes uh... <laughs> uh, yeah I just uh, uh, I just wonder uh, okay. and I think there are pluses and minuses going with established directors and with all new directors. I wonder if you have the the experience that really is needed to wrangle Doctor Who uh, for the screen. You know, I think you would want a mix of new and seasoned. And we're, sh- seasoned we're sure
0: bands. it's we're sure it's all new directors, right?
1: Uh well, that's what the press release said, and, and I don't know yeah. if the press release is complete. That was the uh, right. That that right. was the. The, the bit now that was my understanding that those yeah. were the four directors. So if they each do two, which has kind of been the what's been happening in Modern Who, then that I would eight. take two, yeah. that's eight, uh, combined yeah. with the writers of uh, you know, seven writers or six writers. Jesus, I'm getting yeah, six, six plus uh, Chibnall. Yeah, so if uh, each one does their own six and then Chibnall does yeah. two
0: then that is only that eight. is only yeah. 8 and yeah yeah No, it makes sense it makes sense yeah
1: if if they do tighten things up we are going to miss out on a kind of a smaller episode from RTD's first series Boomtown which i think is right. a, i we're going right. to we're going to miss on miss on the the spacers which wasn't Boomtown wasn't super effects heavy it had a sloane in it but we're going to yeah. miss miss out on those Stories no, smaller, that kind of stories. round yeah. out the season, and I'm not sure that that's a good thing. I, I don't know of tightening it up that much yeah. under a Chibnall directive and what we saw in uh, series 11 with what was it, 10 episodes? If that kind of tightening the screws with a full TARDIS, you need a, a episode like Boomtown to give uh, the uh, the relationship of Rose and Mickey to, de- to develop. You're going to need the Boomtown to maybe give Yaz some
0: breathing room, some character options. Yeah, give her something to do, give her a crime to solve or something. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's that's um, the concern of of a short season. Yeah. You don't have. Well, the I mean, again,
0: episodes. I'm. I mean, I think we're back to this challenge that we had the last season, season eleven, where, and and you've said it. I'm just going to repeat it. You know, that this podcast is not fully convinced that Chibnall knows what he wants to do with this show. Right. Which, and again, as we've said, is is a concern because you know when you take over an awesome show, you should be wanting to write every single one because you're just so full of great ideas. Mm-hmm. It seems again, and this is this is not a criticism. This is such. This is just an observation. That um, that what Shyamal wants to do with the show is open it up to new writers, to new directors, to women writers, female writers. Um, mm-hmm. to all uh, great, to, all awesome, awesome to, things to do. To, to POC, BMA, BAME, as we say in the UK, instead of POC, um, writers and directors, just, just to get really diversify the talent that that, that it brings. If that's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the danger there is that if you don't have a a good way to kind of brief all those new people to tell, okay, this is what you should be writing about, this is what the show needs to, these are the stories the show needs to be telling then they're going to flail around, especially since, you know, Doctor Who's not an easy show to write for.
1: No, that's that's always been the complaint of classic series uh, uh, script editors that it seems easy, but it really isn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you bring you bring new people in and, you know, you try and get Pat Mills to write something and you try and get, you know, Stephen What's-His-Name to write something. Um uh you know the the, the 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 Warriors Gate guy um you know and it it requires a lot of work to right. get new writers in to do stuff mm-hmm. and you always have to kind of fall back on Bob Holmes or um Terry, uh, Terry Nation or, or Terrence Terry, Dicks. Dix. Yeah. <laughs> Terry Dix Terry mm-hmm. Dix or the Bristol boys because at the very least they can whap out four episodes of science fiction mm-hmm. And Monsters, you know, in pretty short order, it's not an easy show to write for. It's not an easy show to write for.
1: And I think that was a strength of uh, Stephen Moffat and Russell Davis is that they could just knock out uh, a short 40 minute, 45 minute Doctor Who story that it may not be the best but it was serviceable and it did especially in rtd's uh case it did expand on character it was a character study and that was the type of things i was expecting with chibnall but we're
0: just hasn't seen it yeah yeah and you avoid transmitting an empty screen on saturday night (laughs) um in the worst case in the best case you end up with something like um uh, uh, midnight midnight that's the one i was trying to think of Mm -hmm. i was going to say listen Um, But Midnight. Yeah, Listen is another good
1: example. I mean, Blink was another emergency. Blink,
0: Blink, you know, which has created, you know, uh, not one of my favorite, but arguably one of the one of the most popular returning monsters of the of the of the New Who era. Mm -hmm. And that's simply Moffat sitting at his laptop looking out the window i'm just imagining this by you know <laughs> sitting at his laptop you know at at costa coffee and looking out the window and seeing the statue of an angel you right. know that's all that that's all that is there's nothing more to that mm-hmm. um to that 40 minutes than the moffat like ah, oh, uh, i've only i've only got I've only, i haven't even got tenant this week mm-hmm. what the hell am i gonna do mm-hmm. you know oh look there's a oh okay and then you know writes it really really quickly mm-hmm. so i i really yeah. liked the
1: expanding of a uh, stable of directors expanding the number of writers or the diversity of writers i just would like chibnall to expand it a little more so we have more stories yeah. in a series in a series i was really disappointed to learn that joey wilkinson who wrote the witchfinders wasn't returning i yeah was Witch- uh really signed one. up for the uh the sequel with uh <laughs> King James.
0: Yeah, no, just let's, have, let's get King James back in. Let's Alan have, Cummings, let's have one. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's plenty of stories around King James. I mean, I think another kind of disappointing thing, a little bit for me, is that there are no older writers hmm. that we can really. Dis- I mean, I guess I don't know how how old is Pete McTeague?
1: Yeah, he's he's uh, millennial, thirty something.
0: They're all millennial. You know, I mean, I think the 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 kind of glory days of the of the twenty early 2010s or whatever when jk rowling is going to write write an episode stephen Mm -hmm. fry is going to write an episode (laughs) neil gaiman's writing episodes um you know i don't think whether everyone's given up on trying to get stephen fry to write write an episode or whether chibnall says no we only must have people in their 30s writing episodes or younger You know, which seems to me to be admirable as an aim, Mm -hmm. but in practice really kind of dangerous because it would be nice to have someone, uh, someone in their 50s maybe, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) writing something. There are writers who are older and who can also write for, you know, write for kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think I've been listening to, haven't watched an episode yet, but I've been listening to all the publicity about the new, um, you know, Jane Tranter Helming, producing the, you know, the new HBO, BBC, His Dark Materials, you know, get Philip Pullman to write an episode, it would be awful, but you know, because <laughs> he's a pompous ass. But anyway, you know, so yeah, uh, where are the old people? Yeah. someone please but, I mean, people.
1: as we talked at the beginning of the show, it's really geared towards younger people and I yeah, think but... Chipnall is really trying to redo the nineteen eighties yeah. with the crowded TARDIS of early J N T, but then maybe the Cartmell Master Plan. Cartmill Master Plan, yeah. With uh with the young young stable of writers yeah. that he is uh
0: leading. So I mean I think maybe our ace rewatch was not a desperate attempt to pad out the podcast, but was <laughs> was actually a very sensible prelim to thinking about Chibnall's top tenure. You know, I think that the highs of the Cartmell master plan are high. The lows of the Cartmell master plan are pretty low. Mm. And I think we saw some of that variability in season 11. And I, again, looking at this lineup of writers, I'm not unconvinced. I'm concerned that, you know, we'll see the similar kind of highs and lows. Yeah. From my perspective, you know. And again, you know, from kids like Anastasia, right. as long as it's as long as that central character of the doctor and again, you know, Jodie Whittaker does an excellent job as the doctor, as long as that central character and keeps true to themselves, mm-hmm. then, you know, uh, people like Anastasia will be will be satisfied and excited and enthused about, right. you know, fantasy and imagination. Right. But for people like me it's like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. Still think she's a bit northern.
1: Well, we we will see, I guess, and uh, I can imagine the fans of uh, 1970 going, "What? There's only four episodes, and it's in color. I can't, I can't stand this. What? What? what, what? <laughs> what? Doctor Who is ruined. He doesn't even it's ruined. There's no Tardis. He doesn't travel no. through time.
0: What? It's I don't know. Yeah, Roger. yeah. Yeah, I mean, people people like us, you know, of a slightly nerdy disposition, are in some ways resistant to change. Mm-hmm. Um, which means us, which means we must only be more open to it. Yes, that is our challenge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, I'll have to say, um, uh, I, again, looking at these some of these new these three new writers. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so on the, the existing writers, I'm excited to see what uh, Vime Patel does. That. You know, and again, I, I'm, I, 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 I mean, I don't think this, this was the case, but you know, it would be great to see them do something that isn't based around India. Hmm, okay. Uh, and I. I again, you don't think uh, he will be
1: the designated? Oh, do something with Yaz writer.
0: Oh please, that would be just the worst. That's the worst kind of gestural diversity. It's like, okay, the Indian guy writes about India. Yeah, you know, that that would be my
1: guess, but uh,
0: but we'll ugh, see. That would be awful. We'll see. Okay. Um. Uh. You know, Ed. You know, I think as I was said a couple of weeks ago. You know, um, uh, it takes you away. I think was the certainly the weirdest um, <laughs> that Who has been for a very long time mm-hmm. with just whiplash tonal changes in that, yeah. uh, which you know, uh, uh, with a little bit of better script editing, I think that could have been addressed. But you know, maybe I'd just like let him unleash his inner weirdo and just just let let's have something that's unlike anything else. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping from him um pete mcteague um uh, again (laughs) i don't know kablam Uh, it was fun but as soon as you started to unpick it it was like wow amazon is good Mm -hmm. and like the doctor is allowed to kind of randomly kill people in order to make or in order to make a point Mm. Um, or randomly allow people to get killed in order to prove their point i don't know so yeah, let's just uh, with that here. Let's make sure he gets back to like what I see a Doctor Who values, which is Amazon is bad, and the Doctor <laughs> is not allowed to kill people to make their point.
1: Let, let him embrace uh, Terence Dix's uh, "never cruel nor cowardly" mandate, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, and big. Honestly, come on, like big business is evil. That's, yeah, that's It's the boss. Doctor, for crying out loud. Yeah, doctor Who, there's you know this is the only episode of Doctor Who ever. Mm-hmm. Where you know a big company is good and it's a great place to work, and everyone should be happy when they get a package from Amazon. I'm miserable when I get a package from Amazon <laughs> because it means I haven't been to a store and I've just made Jeff Bezos more wealthy. You know, so you know Pete McTee, come on, big companies are evil. Mm. Always remember, <laughs> always remember that that is true.
1: So the question is, do you think uh, Himes will bring back the soil track? Do you think he'll try to expand on that, or do you think he'll go? Yeah, let's, in do, a that. Full let's do, new do that. Idea? Let's do that.
0: No, let's 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 explore some kind of random new universe that we've invented, which which is populated by frogs and other things mm-hmm. or something. I can't even remember what the what the point of that sh- one was. Let's explore the great sheep rebellion that we, <laughs> that, we that we mentioned. There uh, you go. Set in, yeah, set I mean, it, in uh, Wales, the obviously. Well, yeah, yeah no, no, Wales. Wales yeah. the Wh- is the land of sheep. They film it. In well, Wales. didn't. They anyway. filmed it. What set it in Norway? Yeah, again, for reasons best known to himself, <laughs> it's in Norway. Um, <laughs> So, okay, okay, these are my thoughts on the new writers. So, Nina Metivier, I don't know anything about the A-list, so I'm sure she's good. Okay. Yeah, so that's that. Uh, Maxine Alderton, now, okay, this is this is good. I, I think soap writers are good for Doctor Who, so I'm excited that there's someone who's written mm-hmm. for Emma Dale. Yep, she
1: tweeted out, it was a dream come true, so hopefully, yeah. hopefully that's a good sign.
0: And is also written for kids in The Worst Witch. Mm, okay. So so she's she she knows she knows people she can write for soaps mm-hmm. um she can write quickly she can write um i mean just assuming you know because um i mean emmerdale is not the top british soap but it's one of the longest running tv soaps it's it's not as long running as coronation street but it's longer running than i mean the two top ones are coronation street and um eastenders mm-hmm. um coronation street is the longest running one uh emmerdale i think started in the 70s someone's going to correct me i can't remember when it started anyway it's always had a big doctor who element to it yep. i mean lance parkin used to write for emmerdale fraser Hines was in it from 1972 to 1994 it says here <laughs> which is like wow he was in it a lot i mean i never watched it because i did i don't really like soaps um jenna coleman started out in emmerdale mm. so i'm i'm really excited about what maxine comes up with okay. to be honest um charlene james um who who is uh, i think afro-caribbean which is great to see uh, discovery witches is a great fantasy show it's not a fantasy show i've seen but you know it's a kind of a grown-up harry pottery thing with witches and oxford and all things that i like in some ways mm-hmm. so um yeah uh, uh let her spread her wings and start writing for doctor who so yeah I'm i'm actually i'm kind of I'm excited when new writers come in, especially when they seem to have some good pedigree. And Mm -hmm. I think Maxine and Charlene, and they're all women, which is also awesome. It is shaming when you look back at Classic Who and think, well, the only woman who ever wrote for Classic Who was the one who wrote the very last episode. Um,
1: No, we had Barbara Clegg with Enlightenment, too.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that is true. That is true. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I didn't really like, like. I I do do like survival. Oh, so those are my so th- those are my thoughts on on the new writers.
1: Oh, okay, sounds good. I yeah. did not know you didn't like Enlightenment.
0: Ooh. No, I don't like Enlightenment. Oh. Yeah,
1: that's the best one of the uh, Black Guardian trilogy. I thought really. Yeah. Huh. <sighs> I always like the sailing ships in outer space.
0: I don't really like. I don't like sailing ships. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that probably yeah. explains it.
1: Just yeah. Not... I
0: don't like that whole like horn blower. Mm. You know, Patrick whatever he's called. I don't like any of that. I don't. I don't like. I don't like ships that have got sails. To be honest, huh. I liked. Uh, yeah.
1: What I really liked about is Clegg's Ephemerals and Eternals. I liked that whole concept and that whole layer of. Uh, Beings in the Who universe, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess at that point in my Who watching life, I was like, ah, oh, another layer of something. <laughs> I was like, what? There's more things I have to be concerned about now. Right. I mean, I've only just got, re- I've only just got used to Guardians, and now I've got Eternals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, I think, that was my reaction, and, I, and 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 because of that, I've I've always looked askance at it since. Um, I should take it down off the shelf and give it a watch, hmm, perhaps. So I think. I think that's
1: all we have for this week.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's hopefully we'll get we'll get a trailer or something relatively soon. Isn't there something on the twenty third yeah. I was reading, twenty third of November? That sounds about yeah. right.
1: That would be Doctor Who Day, wouldn't it? Oh, it would be? be Doctor Who Day, yes. That uh, would make sense to run yeah. run series twelve trailer
0: then. Yeah. So well, who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? Who knows? Yep. Yeah. Only Chibn- Only the Chib in his in his in his in his fortress of solitude. <laughs> fortress, fortress of Chibnitude. Of Chibnitude. <laughs> Chibnall. Alright, well there you go. That's all. That's all we've got. That's all there is.
1: So next do you think we should do a big finish?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we should do a big finish. Let's do a big finish next time. How about I had such such a fun time listening to um Invaders from Mars. Um, the, uh, we should do definitely do another early big finish. How about the
1: what is it the Lanyon Moore one? Uh, with uh, yeah, Nick Courtney. It's got, got Nick Colin Courtney, Baker, and... and
0: Colin Baker, and um, yeah, yeah, the Spectre of Lanyon Moore. Yeah, all right, let's so do that. That's
1: what we're going to listen to, and uh we'll talk about that next
0: time. Cool stuff.
1: All right. Well, thank you for listening to episode one thirty two of the Metabulous Two. I've been talking with Ben
0: and I have been talking with David.
1: So in 2 weeks we'll be back with a review of the Spectre of Lanyon Moor, big finish number 9.
0: All right. Farewell. <laughs> An actual time loss. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a mate. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're a mate.